the Mishnah. If Reuben sees his property in the hands of Shimon, who bought it from someone else, and there's a rumor around town, which is floating around, that Reuben had a break-in in his house. So it must be that something happened to some of Reuben's property. That's the Shemua. So Shimon must return the property to Reuben. But he swears how much he paid, and Reuben must reimburse him. If there are no rumors floating around the town, Reuven has no right to make the Lekach return the property, since it could be Reuven who's fabricating a story. Gemara, how can you believe Reuven? If there was a rumor, maybe Reuven started this rumor himself. When answers, there were people in Reuven's house, and in the middle of one night, they heard Reuven scream, Oi, my property was stolen. And that therefore caused a shmua. That's enough that we can then believe that there was a shmua around the city, which is legitimate. Dafkuf Tesvav. Someone stole something from Reuven and sold it to Shimon, and we find the Ganif. So now, who does Reuven collect from? The Ganif or Shimon the Lekeach? Rav says, from the Ganif. Rabbi Yechanan says he can collect from Shimon the Lekeach without any reimbursement, and the Lekeach then goes and gets back his money from the Ganif. The next Mishnah. If two people are traveling, one has wine and one has honey. The barrel of honey cracked, and the other guy poured out the wine so he could capture this honey, which is worth more. He isn't reimbursed for his wine that he poured out, but he does get paid for the use of his keli and the act which he did. But if he specified, you must pay me for my wine, which I'm spilling out, I'm spilling out the wine to be able to save your honey, and I expect to be reimbursed for that wine, because otherwise I'm losing all the wine. And the person agreed, he must be paid for the wine. If a river flooded and is drowning his donkey, which is worth 100 zuzim, and his friend's donkey, which is worth 200 zuzim, and he neglects his own donkey, which is only worth a hundred, to save his friend's more expensive one, he isn't reimbursed for the loss of his, only expenses, unless he specifically specified that he expects to be reimbursed for the loss of his donkey, which is worth a hundred zuzim. The Gemara asks, why doesn't he get reimbursed for his wine, and why shouldn't he get to keep the honey? If not for him, it would spill to the ground, and it would become hefker. This is a special case, the Gemara says. Water, the Gemara says, which was left uncovered, shouldn't be drunk, since the snake may have drank from it, deposited some poisonous venom in the water, and if someone drank it, they could die from it. It's also usher to spill this water into a Rishus Harabim, because someone with bare feet could step on it, and if he has a cut on his foot, the venom could go into his foot, into his bloodstream, and infect him or hurt him. The Shulchan Arach in Yeradea, Simen Kuftezayim, based on a Taisvis and Avedi Zara, Daf Lamed, says that Bisman Hazah, this halacha generally does not apply, since snakes aren't commonly found in our cities. And finally, if oil spills from a broken barrel, you can't use it as trumas meiser because it will cause a big loss to the kain. If someone agrees to pay the wine, he must pay. I, why can't he just say, in the Mishnah, by that case, I was joking, Meshata Anibach. Mara answers, here it was clear that he wasn't joking. What if Reuven agreed to compensate Shimon for his donkey, but Shimon's donkey survived? So does he still have to compensate him or not? The Gemara answers, Reuven still has to pay because Shimon's donkey was only saved because Shemayim had compassion. The Gemara then relates a story in which Rav Safra was traveling in a caravan which was escorted by lions. One night, Rav Safra fed his donkey to the lion, but the lion didn't need it. The Gemara says that though Rav Safra gave up his donkey for dead and he did not expect to get it back, nevertheless, the donkey is not automatically deemed Hefker. The Gemara says Rav Safra retains legal ownership of his donkey and no one else is allowed to seize the donkey for themselves, because Rav Safra never indicated that he intended to be mafkir his donkey for all to take. He was only mafkir it for the lion to eat, and since the lion didn't touch it, it remains in his possession. Taisvis here brings the Gemara in Baba Metziah, which says that if Ruvain takes Shimon's animal from the clutches of a lion, 
Reuven is permitted to keep the animal, since Shimon presumably was miyayish of ever retrieving the animal. When he saw that it was about to be eaten, he was miyayish. Therefore, Reuven at that moment is allowed to take it. The verse says Reuven agreed to compensate Shimon, but when Shimon tried to save Reuven's animal, the animal died anyways. Shimon gets nothing, because he didn't actually save the animal. Mars says a caravan was traveling in the desert, and a band of robbers came to attack them. The caravan made an agreement between themselves to give the robbers a certain total sum of money. So the Gemara says the rich people in the caravan have to contribute more money to the pool than the poor people, because they stood to lose more. If the rich people were carrying $1,000 each, and the poor people were carrying $100 each, and the robbers came and took everything, the rich people would have lost more money. Therefore, they have to pay a bigger share of that pool. But to pay for their guide driver... The fee is divided equally amongst all passengers. They're going through a desert, and there's someone who knows the way, who's leading the caravan. So now everybody has to pay equally. Since every nefesh, every person is equal. Because if the driver gets lost, it's a sakana for everybody in the group. Equally. As much of a sakana. Therefore, each person has to pay up equally. But if the minig of the area is different, i.e. the rich people pay more, or the poor people, or there's some other system of divvying up the payment to the driver then the format of dividing the money can be different. That's the minig of the area. And finally, from the Pasuk of Kili B'nei Yisrael, in Ba'ikra Chafei, we learn one should only be an Eved to Hashem, not an Eved to a different person. Kili Avadim, V'le Avadim La'avadim. Mishnah. If Ruvain stole a field, and organized crime stole it from Ruvain, i.e. the Mafia, if this was something that happened a lot in that community, then Ruvain can say to the Nigzal, Haresh Allah but if the mafia took it from Ruvain because they wanted to target Bedafka Ruvain, then Ruvain is chayev to replace the field for the nigzal. Dafkuf Yudzayin, the Gemara. They said, damage which you can't notice, for example, you make your friends wine into Yayin Esach, one must still pay for it, even if the damage is just a small loss. Gemara says, if a man was confronted by robbers or the mafia, and he showed them his friend's property, and they took it, he's putter. But if he gave them his friend's property, then he's chayev. It used to be that the government turned the other way on murders until the Greeks came and said killing people is a crime punishable by death. When Rabbi Yechanan went up to the cave where Rabbi was buried, there was a snake protecting it. He asked the snake to move away so the Rav can get to his Talmud, but the snake refused to move. But when he asked that his Talmud should be able to go to his Rav, then the snake allowed. If a Dayan paskin in favor of the wrong person, the psak still stands, but the Dayan should pay the right person back as per what he deserves. If a person was pursuing someone to kill him, and he broke Kalim along the way, he's putter in paying for the Kalim, since he's chayav misa for trying to kill the other person. And now it becomes a situation of kamle bidrabamine. The Mishnah. If Ruvain stole land and it became flooded, Ruvain can simply say to the owner, Hareshalach lefanecha. Tafkuf yudchas. The next Mishnah. If Ruvain owes money because he stole, borrowed, or was watching a pikadin, if this happened in a populated place, he can't return it in the desert unless he specifically stated that he was going to do that. Gemara. If he specified, he can return in the desert. The Chiddush is that if they're both going to the desert, then he can do it. Otherwise, he cannot. Mishnah. If Ruvain says, I once owed you money, and I don't know whether I returned it or not, he must pay him back. Gemara. If Ruvain says, you owe me, and Shimon says, I'm not sure, Rapuna says, he's chayef to pay. Since we say, bari v'shema, bari adif. If we have someone who's sure, and someone who is not sure, the one who is sure is stronger. According to Reb Nachman, he's pater. Since ukme mamain becheskas mari, we keep the money where it now is. Mishnah. If Ruvain stole a lamb and returned it, 
and then it died, if he didn't notify the owner when he returned it, it's not called a proper hashava, and it would still be considered in his rishus, and he'd be chayev. Gemara. If someone stole a lamb, according to Rabbi Shmuel, it's enough to simply return it. But according to Rabbi Akiva, the owner must also be made aware that the item was returned. Next Mishnah. One is not allowed to buy wool or milk from Stama Shepherd because we're afraid it was stolen. But eggs from a chicken one can buy anywhere. Gemara. The general rule is anything that if it is taken, the owner would notice it being taken, you can now buy it from the person who now has it. Tafkofiotas. When can a person buy from a goslin? Rav says, only when rave of his property is his. Then we can assume that what you're buying belongs to him, and it's not stolen property. Shmuel says, if even a miat of the property is his, you can still buy it. Can one buy from a maser, a person who informs? Some say you can actually destroy his property, the same way you could kill him. Others say you can't destroy it, since he may have good children who deserve to inherit it. Rabbi Echanan says, anyone who steals the worth of a pruta, it's as if he took away the nefesh of the owner. Gemara says, since Shaul killed out Noiv Irakehanim, because they were Meirid Bamalchus, so there was no food for the Givainim, it was as if Shaul killed out the Givainim as well. Mishnah. The remnants of a Begad that the washer of Begadim takes from a woolen Begad, which he found in the water, he can keep, since the owner isn't usually makpid on these small pieces. A carpenter can also keep shavings from the furniture he fixes, but larger chunks of wood belong to the Balabais. Gemara. If wool was already spun, you can buy it, and you don't have to worry about whether it was stolen or not, since even if it was stolen, the fact that it was spun, there was a shini maisa, and the tailor would be kainet. If the tailor left over a piece of cloth less than gimel tvachim al gimel tvachim, if the balabais isn't makpid, he can keep it, but if the balabais is makpid, he cannot. And finally, the Masechta ends by saying the one who polishes stones or the one who prunes trees, whatever falls off, it's tully on if the balabais is makpid. If the balabais is makpid, he's not allowed to keep it. If the balabais is not makpid, then he is allowed to keep it. Hadron Allah, Masechta, Baba, Kama. Mi 
Oh, oh, oh. 